April is here, and along with it, a new episode on the Finn Glocal Podcast. I'm your host, Henry, and joining the show this month is Mr. Rob Hill. Mr. Hill has been a successful financial advisor for over 18 years and has helped hundreds of people redefine their financial objectives and prepare for a better financial future. As an author and renowned speaker, with his work featured on major platforms including Fox, NBC, and CBS, without further ado, please welcome Mr. Hill. Well, good morning. To preface our episode today, could you briefly talk about the importance of financial literacy and the necessity of managing our money responsibly, and how can that apply to making smart investment decisions? Well, actually, it, it boils down to, you know, uh, Henry, the beauty of genius is simplicity, okay? And so what we want to do is we want to boil this down to the simplest level, okay? We got we got keeping what you what you burn, we've got maintaining it, and then we've got preparing for the eventualities of medical issues and things like that. And then we got the exit strategy. Okay, so there are four pillars to any sound financial retirement plan or financial plan. Okay, so what we want to understand is that it's not what you make, it's what you keep that counts. Okay, and so with any sound financial uh, position, which is I have been been more focused on the baby boomer generation. However, a lot of that bleeds over into the generation Xers and the millennials and all that too, because safety is the best position, okay? Because when you get 20 years down the road and you've made all this money, but none of it's there, what happened to it? It's all about what you keep. It's not what you make, it's what you keep that counts. And there are a lot of financial instruments out there that you need to be aware of, that everybody needs to be aware of, such as wills and trusts and things like that, all right? So getting back to uh, investing and all this kind of stuff, the best investment one can make, the very best investment one can make is you've got to invest in yourself. You've got to get knowledgeable about what it is that you want to use as a vehicle to produce more income. Along with that goes gathering the knowledge, okay? You've got to get familiar with the monetary policy. What's going on in the world? The difference between fiat currency and hard assets and all this kind of stuff, okay? Because what, what looks good on paper in reality might not be there, okay? Because in our country, in the United States of America, pensions, both public and private, are underfunded by the tune of $1.75 trillion. What does that mean? That means that when you go to the cupboard, you're gonna find out that it's bare. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you make. It's all about what you keep. A lot of people think of retirement in terms of time. Retirement has nothing to do with time. Retirement has everything to do with your financial position. Okay? Retirement is a financial position. So this is what we need to be uh, ascribing to. How can we be comfortable in our golden years? And that can be whenever you decide 
Because if you had the money right now, you could retire today. Okay? So this is where we're at right now. I've been, I spent the vast majority of my practice helping people to come to this realization, number one. And number two, position themselves so that they don't get hit with all the, 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 the ups and downs, the volatility of the stock market and all this kind of stuff, okay? Because if you look at the stock market right now, right now today, and you're following monetary policy and all this kind of stuff, you know that our financial landscape is changing drastically. Correct. Okay? With the introduction of, of the, the cryptocurrencies and all this kind of stuff, where is this headed to? Okay. So we got so many people that are, are, are so locked in to what they can make that they miss the boat on what they keep it. And this is where a, a whole realm of questions need to be asked. That's why I entitled my book, Ask the Right Questions, Get the Right Answers. Because if you don't ask the right questions, you are not going to get the right answers. Yeah, and to add to that, you talked about the asset classes. So some of those include equities, fixed income, cash, real estate, commodities, um, and you also talked about monetary policy and fiscal policy. So what we're talking about here are just tools that um, institutional investors can use to diversify their portfolios and maximize returns, um, as well as tools that the government can use uh, to ensure price stability, full employment, and stable economic growth. So in relation to that point, uh, my next question would be, because we often use wealth as a marker for success, what are some potential areas of personal finance that can be used to measure and guide one's financial status and future? Well, the first thing we got to do is we got to determine what is wealth. Mm. What, what does that mean? Okay, does that, that mean a lot of money or, or, or money that's passed on from generation to generation to generation? You know that only 3% of the wealth gained in one generation makes it to the fourth generation. Why is that? It's because we got this, this government that has an insatiable appetite for your money. Mm. Government in and of itself does not produce anything. Okay? Everything the government gives to the people, it must first take from the people. And so what we're going to do is here in the United States of America, we have the right to lower our taxable income as much as we possibly can. The way that we go about doing that varies from uh, for different people and all that. There is no one size fits all. What we really need to look at, though, is wills and trust, okay? Because this is how you can stave off the tax man. There are a lot of different types of wills and trusts, living wills and final wills and testament and all this, and everybody needs to take a real good hard look at this. Because the government will come in and they will take everything if you are not protected. Okay? So a lot of us, we uh, spend our time so focused on what we can make that we don't realize that we need to be able to keep it. Okay? The, as far as managing your money and all this kind of stuff, it, it used to be when I grew up, and I'm, I'm a baby boomer, and when I grew up, it was told me, if you want something, you work hard and save up the money to buy it. 
Well, the powers that be decided that, oh, we can't have that. They can't be saving their money. So we're going to give it to them now. 90 days, same as cash, multiple payments, you know, all this kind of stuff. You're going into things. People thought, well, I'm going to buy a house. You're not actually buying a house. What you're buying is a mortgage. And you know what a mortgage is? That's an agreement till death. Right. Okay. So this is where we need to, we need to get ourselves aligned to the fact that it's up to us, each and every one of us, to decide our own financial future. And then what comes along with that, what's not being said, is that you are going to have to get knowledgeable, see, because risk can be mitigated by knowledge. And there's always going to be risk. What we want to do is lower that risk as much as possible. And you do that by getting knowledgeable about what it is that you're looking to get into. A lot of people don't realize, I mean, you got, you got all these stocks and all this, and it's worth X amount of dollars. What they don't realize is that in order to realize those funds, you are going to have to liquidate. Okay? You're going to have to liquidate. And then today is this, and tomorrow is that. I mean, the volatility of the stock market is, is unreal right now. Unbelievable right now. So I... I open my, my client's eyes up to safety, okay? Because you hear a lot of advisors and all this kind of stuff, they'll talk about your financial horizon and all this kind of stuff, you know? You, you can take more risk while you're young and all this kind of stuff, which is, I believe, is bogus, okay? You need to be safe now because it's not what you make, it's all about what you keep, okay? And you position these things in a way that they are not, taxable, not yet, and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, there are a lot of different avenues for one to go about doing that. And uh, first and foremost, uh, tools for doing that are wills and trusts. So you touched upon tax liabilities and ways that people can try to reduce their burden through means of wills and trusts. Um, however, many people do not have access to these platforms or at least are not told or educated on how they can receive these benefits. Um, so that kind of leads me into my next point. Um, every few years, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, the FINRA, comes out with a short financial literacy test that measures consumers' knowledge about topics such as interest, inflation, portfolio diversification, and bond prices. Um, on one of its most recent tests, only 34% of those who took the test got at least 80% of the questions right. So that suggests that there may be a weak overall understanding of basic economic and financial principles. Because this issue is rather widespread, what are some ways communities can help to educate young folks to start early with managing their money? Well, the, the first thing you got to understand, Henry, is that these questions that they ask are skewed to get the answers that they want. Okay? When it all when it all comes down to everything right here, it, it's all about what you keep. It's not about what you make and all the tax burdens and all this kind of stuff. It's all about what you keep. Okay, our financial system in this country is designed to keep people in debt, the masses keep them in debt. And so these people are barreling toward this place called retirement, 
and they have no idea what it looks like. Inflation, that, this is another thing right here because the level of deception is unbelievable, all right? They're talking about inflation. Things are costing more. Things are costing more. I would submit to you another thing, okay? It's not so much that things are costing more. It's the fact that your dollar is getting weaker, mm. okay? Things are not costing more. Your, the value of your dollar is getting weaker. The buying power is being systematically destroyed by quantitative easing and all these different measures that are going out there. Right now, we have supposedly 30 trillion in debt, supposedly. Right. When you factor in all those unfunded liabilities, it comes way over 200 trillion. This is more money than you can wrap your mind around. Okay, so what's going to happen? We've got 77 million baby boomers that were into the, the defined benefit plan, which was a pension and all that kind of good stuff, which is going by the way of the dinosaur. Okay, I've already explained to you that pensions nationwide, both public and private, are underfunded. And so now it, it boils down to personal responsibility. It is your own financial system that's going to help you through what's coming down the pipe, okay? Mm. It's all about us. It's not what you make, it's what you keep the accounts. And you can mitigate risk by getting knowledgeable. You gotta get knowledgeable, all right? All these different uh, names and things that they talk about, ESG and equity index funds and all this kind of stuff, you know what? It all boils down to this right here, simply this. What you keep, period, that's it. That's all about what it is. A lot of us, we go into, well, we're going to see what we can make. We're going to see what we can make. It's not about what you make because most people, they make money and then they go and spend it. Right. Yeah. Right. What we got to do is we got to figure out how to make that money work for us. Right? Interest is a beautiful thing when you're getting paid it. It ain't so good when you paying it out. Yeah. Okay. And so this is where we've got to get people to, to really looking at this place called retirement and uh, where they're at right now financially and how you're going to keep up with this 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 inflation thing, which I, I rarely use that term. It's not inflation. It's the devaluing of the currency. I mean, it sounds different when you say inflation. Oh, things are costing more. Things are costing more as opposed to saying your dollar is getting weaker. See, that don't sit well. People have come to accept the fact that things are costing more. They accept that readily. When you tell them that it's not that things are costing more, it's the fact that your dollar is getting weaker. See, that creates a whole different mindset, which is why they, that's why they don't say that. They, they want you just to accept the fact that things are costing more. When in, in reality, your dollar is getting weaker because what we have is a fiat currency. If you look on any uh, federal note, it tells you on there, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. Mm -hmm. Basically what that is, is it's an IOU. There's nothing backing it up. Nothing. You look at what's going on right now over with Russia. You know that Russia's ruble is now backed by gold. A lot of other countries are following suit. 
Our financial landscape is changing big time. Right now, right now, this moment, the U.S. dollar is the world's reserve currency. Right now. That could change tomorrow. Okay. Because there are a lot of countries that are, we're pegged to, the, to oil. Okay. And so what a lot of countries are now looking at doing is not using the dollar for their oil purchases. They're going to be using their own currency and cryptocurrencies and all this kind of stuff. What is that going to do to the dollar? No, there's so many of us right now that don't remember the 70s when we changed from gold-backed dollars to the petrodollar, right? See, our financial landscape is changing drastically. Your dollars, I mean, if you look up the Weimar Republic, that was a, 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 a in Germany, where their uh, paper dollars became absolutely worthless. And that's what's happening to the U.S. dollar. Okay. They are systematically dismantling the financial system. And that's, that's a whole nother interview right there about government policies and all this kind of stuff. But where we are right now is cash is king at the moment. Okay. Well, we need to be able to move into hard assets, precious metals, cryptocurrencies, things like that, because things are changing so fast and one day you're going to wake up and it's not going to be the same. Yeah, well, I mean, back in the day, we did have the gold standard and bimetallism, and we did have uh, arguments between bankers and businessmen against uh, farmers and laborers, I believe, um, over issues like deflation and inflation and whether there should be less or more money in circulation. So that's just a bit of a U.S. history right there. Um, but moving on, with respect to being financially sound, in your opinion, what could possibly inhibit people from making more informed decisions about their investments in retirement pensions? For example, many American adults and even households live paycheck to paycheck and cannot afford an unexpected $500 expense, while some also recklessly spend their stimulus checks um, which is especially the case during this COVID period. Well, my advice, number one, is I go back to, you know, the beauty of, of genius is simplicity, okay? It's not what you make, it's what you keep that counts. Our system is designed to keep people in debt. I mean, you look at, look at television for a little while, all right? And you see the commercials coming up. Why do you think they make new cars, change the fashions and all this kind of stuff? It's to separate you from your money. Right? I mean, you look good, you smell good, and you flat broke. Right? And this is by design. It's not an accident. People are financially illiterate because they choose to be. Right? Want to keep, oh, you got to keep your credit good. You got to keep your credit good. But see, most people use their credit to buy things that devalue in, in, in worth. Cars, you, as soon as you sign the dotted line, it's not worth what you're paying for it. Things like this, the people they, they just want to have a good time and they're taking us straight to the poorhouse. I run across so many people that wish they had met me 20 years ago. Okay. Because it's it's not about what you're making and how you're looking and all this kind of stuff. It's all about preparing for tomorrow. 
And the powers that be decided that wasn't good. Back at the turn of the century, when we uh, entered into the Industrial Revolution, you know, the rest of the world was decimated, all right, because of World War II. So what happened was the United States of America emerged as the world's supreme manufacturing superpower. And so the U.S. helped rebuild the rest of the world, all right? And everything was beautiful because everything was manufactured here. The money was coming here and all this kind of stuff. Now, fast forward 50 years. All the manufacturing is gone. Okay. Things are made in other countries and all this kind of stuff. Why is that? Why is this happening? It's because our country was sold out by the politicians. Mm. And so now here we are, we're sitting back. Uh, we got supply chain issues. The stores are, are bare. Why? Why is all this? It's because nothing is made here anymore. We have to rely on other countries. And if they shut off the spigot, guess what? We're done. We're done. We got to rely on everybody else for everything. And that's that was the big shift, okay? When the manufacturing, all that kind of stuff left. I mean, you're probably too young to remember quality goes in before the name goes on and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, that. What, 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 what a lot of countries realize that the United States seems to have missed is the fact that when quantity demand is satiated, quality demand kicks in. Why do you think that Honda went to Acura, Toyota to Lexus, okay? Because they got higher quality products. They cost more, of course. And who's the largest consumer in the world? The United States of America. We buying everything from everybody else. And along with that, the money goes out to them. So we've got to get back to manufacturing here at home. I mean, the, the strength of a nation is in the homes of the people. We've got so many people now that are so confused and it's by design, they're confused about why we're in the situation that we're in. And it's simply this right here. It's, I like to call it willful ignorance, okay? See, mm. here in the United States of America, we live in a country of, by, and for the people. So then when you look at a government that's totally jacked up, all you gotta do is look back at the people that put them in. Mm. They're jacked up too. And then we sit back and we take our eyes off the road and we let them just do whatever they want to do. How is it that a politician can get in the government and then become a millionaire? Right? You ever ever look at these things? Exactly. Insider yeah. trading and all this kind of stuff. And then you got these, these mega multi-cultural, uh, or not cultural, but multinational organizations, man. And they are ripping us off blind it is amazing it is a truly amazing okay and it all falls down to the people not being uh knowledgeable see freedom is reserved for a knowledgeable and virtuous people we have people right now back when i was in school we had civics class in high school where you learned about the senate and the congress and all about the workings of government do you know they removed that there is no civics class in school anymore. Why? Because they want a nation of dummies. That's why. Everybody wants to be entertained. 
We want to have a good time. We want to do this and all that kind of good stuff. It is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. And so we as a people need to wake up. I would submit to everybody who's out there listening to this. Get a copy of your constitution and read it. Read it all the way through, word by word. Read it all the way through. And you'll find out some things that have not been exposed to you. Okay? Like our government, we have the right to dismantle it. Whenever they're doing things that they should not be doing, we have the right to take them out of power. But you wouldn't know that. Not nowadays, the way things are going. Oh, it just is what it is. Oh, they're all crooked. You know what? If I was in a room full of nuclear physicists and I said there's no difference between nuclear fission and nuclear fusion, they would know one thing, just one thing, and they would know that I have no idea what I'm talking about. Because nuclear fission and nuclear fusion are diametrically opposed. One is an implosion, one is an explosion. Mm -hmm. okay? That's the same thing when you hear people talking about Democrats and Republicans. Oh, there ain't no difference. They're all crooked and all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. They are diametrically opposed. And this is where we need to get uh, knowledgeable again. You know, I'm, when I was coming up, man, we used to have on Saturday mornings, all the cartoons would come on. You had Schoolhouse Rock and all this kind of good stuff. That's how I, that's how I learned about nouns and things like that. You know what? A, a noun is a special kind of word. It's any name you ever heard. I find it quite interesting. A noun is a person, place, or thing. See, that's how I learned my gr grammar. Now we go from Schoolhouse Rock to SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Why? Why? because they want to keep the population dumb, ignorant. Mm. Now, ignorant. Ignorance is not a bad thing when you know you are. However, it is devastating when you don't know you are. And so that brings us back full circle to financial preparedness, okay? Mm. Keeping in yeah. mind that it's not what you make, it's all about what you keep. Okay? Very well said, yeah. You made a terrific point there, which I want to try and elaborate on by going more into the ethical side of personal finance, um, where there has been an increasingly more pronounced awareness of sustainability and ESG in the financial industry, um, considering a vast number of financial institutions now offer great ethical alternatives for savings accounts, insurance and programs in other sectors, um, especially in the investment world, where ESG-oriented funds even ones that are lesser known have consistently shown to match or even outperform traditional funds and stocks. Um, so it essentially allows people to make more money and in turn keep more of it. Uh, but aside from financial gain, more and more societal issues have also been brought to the forefront, such as corruption in the banking system, excessive director's compensation, and embezzlement of public funds, uh, which have become the targets of criticism. So in that case, my question is, how can groups ranging from individuals to big corporations to the government ultimately try to discourage this sort of activity and bring about more transparency when conducting business? Well, it's going to be hard to discourage this sort of activity when you got the criminals in charge. Okay, so what's got to happen is we're going to have to get some uh, some stalwart people in there, some people that that have the, the rightness at the forefront, okay? You find out 
how tricky things are when you read the fine print. Okay, I like to call that fine print the weasel clause. This is all the catch me. When I when I sit down with people, Henry, nine times out of ten, when we're talking about financial products, most in, mostly insurance, life insurance, what people have and what they think they have are two very different things. Okay, because there is what is called, and what I I, I have termed the weasel clause, and that's the fine print. That's what people don't look at. Okay, and that's how we get to the root of finding out who's putting all this this garbage in here in the first place and holding them accountable for this right here because a lot of people don't know that they don't know but they think they know. And the only way that we're going to get to the bottom of this is we're going to have to take each one of these individuals that are in these high ranking places and we got to find out exactly where they stand and why they're pushing all this stuff that written so small that people can't read it. You know, I've been in situations where people say, well, well the agent didn't tell me that, that the, the, the insurance company screwed me and all this kind of stuff. No, it wasn't that the insurance company screwed you. The fact of the matter is simply this. If you don't ask the right questions, you are not going to get the right answers. Okay. And this is where we need to take this to a whole new level. That's why I, I entitled this book that way. Because if you don't ask the right questions, you are not going to get the right answers. And when you ask the right questions and that person that you're asking those questions to starts to squirm, then you know you got somebody that don't need to be in that place. This goes all the way from the top, all the way down. All right. We have got to be knowledgeable about these financial instruments that we are attempting to utilize. Number one, we got to find out about this insider trading and all this kind of stuff because, I mean, you look at how much money our politicians are making. It, it, there's something very wrong with this. How are you going to serve? They're not serving the people. They are helping themselves to the people. Mm. Okay. And so this is where the, the, the populace as a whole needs to get back to common sense. And common sense is not very common. Okay. It's not very common. So what we got to do is we got to rein these, these politicians in because they're at the head of it. Then you got the, 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 the CEOs and all these people that are running these financial organizations and they're pumping out all this stuff. Yeah, this looks good over here, but for every one person that makes out, there are thousands that lose. Okay. It's, not, it's not a win-win situation when we're talking about. And it all, it, it, all, it all falls back down to where are you at with your knowledge ability, okay, your knowledge, all right? Because all risk can be mitigated by knowledge. Okay? There's going to be some risk, but you want to lower that risk down as much as possible. And that comes with you being knowledgeable about what it is that you're doing. It's fine to go out there and get you a financial advisor, okay? You don't ask him the right questions, you are not going to get the right answers. They are going to tell you what you want to hear. Oh, yeah, this is going to do this for you and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's all smoke and mirrors. Okay, you got to boil it down. Okay, if I do this for X amount of years, what's going to happen? All right. 
because there there is such a thing as a safe investment vehicle and you got to go with guarantees you got to read the fine print any financial advisor worth their weight is going to tell you exactly what you need to know and if you're not asking the right questions they are going to submit to you the right questions okay mm. so i mean that's where you just don't stop with one person in, in my book I go through I go through all this. When I first wrote the book, Henry, it was about 400 pages. And I realized that 400 pages was going to scare the bejesus out of people. So I cut it down. I mean, yeah. I cut it to the bare minimum. It's 112 pages. Yeah. And, and there is some very good information in there. All right. I cut all the fluff out. For people to understand that if if you don't learn anything from listening to this podcast, do learn this, that it is not what you make, it's what you keep that counts, period. Well, all right. Uh, for our audience out there, be sure to check out Mr. Rob Hill's book, Ask the Right Questions, Get the Right Answers for Sound Financial Retirement Planning. It's definitely a worthwhile read to really understand the information he has written in the book. Um, but as a final thought for our audience to think about before we sign off, uh, for those who aspire to create their own startups and hold leadership roles, from your perspective as a company president and entrepreneur, what specific challenges did you find most difficult to overcome and how were you ultimately able to triumph and become the inspiration and influencer you are now? In other words, are there any tips you can share with teenagers to help them pursue their future financial dreams and business goals? Well, the first thing I would uh, encourage everyone to do is you've got to get knowledgeable working with people, okay? Because anything worth doing is not going to be done by yourself, okay? Now, the best way to go through a minefield is to follow somebody. Let them get blown up first, okay? This means get you a mentor, get somebody that's been where you're trying to go and listen to them, all right? You gotta, you gotta listen to them. You gotta gain the knowledge first. I mean, experience is the slowest, most unforgiving teacher you ever wanna get with, okay? Experience costs you time. You can, you can cut that, that learning curve in half by getting a mentor. Okay, someone to tell you, oh, don't step there, don't do this, don't do that, and all that type of stuff. It'll shorten the curve big time. Read, read, read. Reading develops the powers of concentration and creative thinking. J. Paul Getty, if you have not heard of him, get one of his books. And he made this statement that has st stuck with me for the rest of my life. He said that he would rather have 1% of 99 people's efforts than 100% of his own. Hmm. That, that can apply all over your life, all right? You gotta stay in a learning mode that we're forever learning. Things are changing drastically. Change is happening now so fast that you have got to be abreast of it, okay? And whatever your vision is, whatever it is that you wanna do, you got to make sure that if it's good for you, it doesn't hurt anybody else. That makes it good for them too. Okay? So understand that. You, the, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. 
Okay. So that's what you want. You want to, number one, you got to develop yourself. All right. Because you have been given a vision and that vision entails that you change to become the person that is worthy of doing whatever it is that's been laid on your heart to do. Number two, you've got to study. Okay. You're going to make mistakes. There are only mistakes if you don't learn from them. Learn from it. Learn from examples. I mean, look at the people that went before you first. All right. And you got to write this thing down. Whatever it is that you want to do, you got to write it down. And then you got to put a date on it. Because the, the, the vision without a date is just a wish. You got to put a time factor on it. And your mind goes into this, this, this mode of solution. You know, different people will start popping into your lives and all this kind of good stuff. I mean, it's amazing what I'm, I'm sorry. Sometimes I find it hard to contain myself. Totally all right. Yeah, I understand your passion there. Yeah, I agree with you. But yes, I mean, they're, they're, you've been given a vision. Now you're going to have to go through the process. Okay. There are going to be challenges. And they are not to stop you. They're so that you can help the next man coming behind you. This is where mentors come from. They've been through where you're trying to go. And I use that word try. I don't really use that word try. There is no try. There's only do or do not, period. Okay. Exactly. So whatever it is that you've decided on doing, write it down. Start reading some books. Uh, the magic of thinking big was very instrumental in my early, early on in my career. Okay. And since then I have read hundreds of books about personal development, you getting better, because if you don't get better, things are not going to get better. All right. You can go to the school of hard knocks if you like. Learn, I, I have to learn everything on my own. You can do that. You can do that. However, that is slow and painful. What you want to do is find somebody that's already done what it is that you want to do and learn from them. They will be more than willing to help you. This is why they, you know, the best way to hide success from people, put it in a book, put it in a book. Most people don't read. I know the majority of those that do read for entertainment, but I want to submit to you that your mind goes to what I like to call mental gymnastics when you read something that's gonna help propel you to that next level in life, right? And life is lived on levels and arrived at in stages. At every new level you come to, there is a stage that you must go through. And this is constant upward mobility, right? Learning how to work with people because you can't do it by yourself. You're gonna to have to learn to work with people. Love everybody, okay? Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I totally concur with the fact that teens and everyone in general should be doing the vital things that you listed from improving one's communication skills to team building skills um, because they're dependent on each other uh, to propel you to new heights. Um, and in your words, asking the right questions to get the right answers is also a great skill to have, not just in conducting business, but also just in your daily life whether it be in job interviews, discussions, or simple conversation. Um, because when we're speaking, we're expressing ourselves, our passions and desires. 
and yeah, I'll leave it at that. Um, any final remarks or comments on how others can learn more about your work? Well, yes, uh, my website is www.rhillenterprisesinc.com. My book is available at hundreds of booksellers. It's Ask the Right Questions, Get the Right Answers by Rob Hill. That's R-O-B-B-H-I-L-L. And uh, in closing, I, I would also like to share my latest uh, poem with you. And it is called Direction. And it goes, you must have a direction, a goal worthy to pursue. In seeking direction, you will find what to do on a daily basis to be better every day. It is not perfection we seek, it is growth along the way. The journey is long and you cannot cheat. It is sometimes bitter, other times it is sweet. As you forge ahead, the weary you may be, stay focused on your goal and not what you now see. Moment by moment and little by little, success and failure look the same in the middle. One day you'll look back and say with a smile, tough journey, my friend, but well worth the mile. Thank you so much. Wow, that was such a rhythmic and powerful poem. Um, and again, I just want to appreciate you taking the time. Um, this has been absolutely amazing. And I want to thank you for delivering such an eloquent interview. I really enjoyed talking to you about the topics we discussed um, and hope our audience learned a lot from your expertise um, and insight in the realm of personal finance. Well, thank you so much, Henry. I do appreciate you. You've been listening to the FinGlocal podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes and check out our other published works on your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and check out our socials for more information.